Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Hangover Podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. Now it's been a week since we last hit the FPL Hangover Studios but that feels like an eternity. Two double game weeks I have gone greyer than a badger's arse. It's been the battle of the green arrows and there's been ups and downs and more twists and turns than a 20 foot python. And speaking of 20 feet pythons... He's used to carrying one around in his pants. It does cause severe blood flow issues, but he's here still, my podcast partner in crime. Seamus, how are you getting on, my friend? Getting on pretty good. How, how could it? I not be after an intro like that? See, I like to vary it up. I like to put you down one week, build you up another week, put you down. Like, I'm always on my toes here. I was going to say, I'm kind of used to just getting insulted and uh, to get a, a nice compliment like that. There Although, you, you know, you're that sounds like a medical issue. Yeah, I mean, for sure, you should definitely so say that. probably is still an insult. <laughs> You should definitely see someone about that. But someone that you don't have to see right now, Seamus, is uh, is a cure. A cure for that green arrow fever you have. I've got green arrow-itis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, good, it's a good affliction to have. Although it's slow ranks. You know, I've said here on the, the pod a few times, you know, slowly, slowly catchy monkey. But yeah, I'm going quite slowly. You're seeming a bit impatient. I'll tell you this now before we started recording the pods. Yeah, you definitely kind of yeah. seem a bit anxious to fly up. But I mean, I've been in the same shoes as you for the last month. I've just been floating around a 200, 300k jump, fall, jump, fall. But it's been all, it was all green arrows until game week 15 and game week 16 took, uh, took hold. I think it's just getting to the point of the season where I was getting, you know, 150k green arrow 200k green arrow when i was down around the million 1.3 million you know i kind of went up like 1.3 to 1.1 to 900k to 700k and now it's like i've got 80k rank in the last two game weeks 80k boost like yeah like 13 no what did i have like um an 18k green arrow for after game week 15 and i had like a 60k green arrow after uh game week 16 so making those small greens yeah but i mean hey it's better green than red i don't give a shit how little the green is i'm taking green arrows all day mm-hmm. unfortunately i didn't have uh the i mean just to to clarify you you got two green arrows over the last two game weeks yeah you six in a row six in a row well done i think i failed in the last two <laughs> game weeks two red arrows but uh not much of a not much of a drop uh i'm still i'm still floating in the areas i want to be floating at before i delve into my own team there seamus what is the sit rep the, the sit rep is a phrase I'm unfamiliar with but I'm just going to say what's the situation or something situation report oh, okay. it's uh, army lingo oh, okay. I realised when I said it I was like why am I talking in <laughs> <laughs> talking civvy language please uh, yeah so game week 15 I'll start with game week 15 that happened first 58 points that game week uh, which was was pretty good uh, average was 49 game week rank of 2 million I'm finding that a lot of my um Finding a lot of my game week ranks are around the two million mark, and that's getting me the small green arrows. Yeah, yeah. Um, not my favorite one. I captain Vardy. I think most people did that week. He got five points doubled. I had Manny for his fifteen pointer. I held on to Mount, who got me six. Danny Ings doing the bits again with nine points, goal and three bonus points. So I don't you with an assist and a yellow card. Um, my transfer that week was to bring in Henderson. Uh, for Pope okay. I just they were playing Man City and I was not expecting a whole lot out of them and Pope duly obliged by conceding what five goals and I think he got zero points maybe he got one I think are we talking zero. about game week 15 here yeah no he got two and then zero this week is that what it was yeah oh, okay yeah. I thought he actually did worse no. but he um 
yeah, he, he like, made a lot of saves against City. Ah, uh, fair enough. You'd expect that, I guess. But yeah, I was um was not surprised to see Pope doing poorly. I, I moved him out, and uh, unfortunately, I went for Hederson. I went for the double up on the thing that didn't really pay out. So look, fifty eight points that week in with Grank of two million. Moved my OR up eighteen k places. Was on seven thirteen. This week I've moved up uh, another uh, green arrow there, so I'm up to six hundred fifty six k after scoring sixty four points. Again, 10 points above the average, which was 54. Gaming rank again of 2 million. My overall points now is 881. And those points really came from four players. Henderson got me three. If I'd gone for Gaeta, who's my second option, but I was too cheap to go for, would have been 18 points. Defense was like a 2-2 two, two and a 1 from Lundstrom, Sionchu, and Alexander-Arnold, who came on. In fairness, I had no one really else to come off the bench mm-hmm. anyway. So it was just, it was typical. As soon as he came off the bench after 30 minutes you could kind of lock in a Liverpool clean sheet oh yeah that's exactly what I thought like uh, Robertson owners and stuff like that I thought it was hilarious uh, yeah. you know I was like of course now that he's not going to get his 60 minutes on the pitch he's guaranteed a clean sheet yeah I am um, my transfer this week was to get rid of Raheem Sterling just being too frustrated with him I knew they were playing United at home and like there was plenty of people I saw who captained him although I, I've realised the reason I'm not making bigger uh, green arrows and rank gains recently is because I've been sticking by double Man City for a while and I went off KDB and if anything if I had KDB I might have kept him but I got rid of him and I kept Sterling and he's been doing nothing even though he's been getting like a good chance once a game kind of thing Yeah, yeah. he's just stuck out in that left wing I'm just not liking his positioning even though he gets into the box he's getting touches in there he's not that threatening so I made the switch to Sun he's been looking really good captain him this week just as a bit of a put my balls on the, the line, I thought Leicester looked a bit jaded in game week 15. I thought maybe he might be a bit tired, but uh, Vardy looked amazing and Leicester yeah. looked amazing at the weekend. Um, there was only, I only lost that in one point there. 24 points for Son as captaincy, 13 for Vardy, 8 for Ings. Again, another goal and two bonus. Uh, disappointed not to get the three bonus there now, I must admit. Uh, Jimenez with another assist. Could have had a couple of goals the last couple of in game week 15 and 16 as well. So a bit unlucky with that. And uh, then my midfield, Mount, Tielemans, and then Donker, who came on for Mane. And yeah, so not much there. But I mean, oh, all in all, you got a, a score of 58, which saw you jump up to where you now are. Uh, it was 58 in game week 15. It was 64 this week. So my overall right now is 656, um, which is 881 total overall points. What which... the fuck? What you... Oh, I was wondering. I was like, 656, 881. Pick an overall rank, Seamus, <laughs> will you? Okay, six something. So just under the seven hundred. Six fifty. Yeah, yeah, six fifty. You know what? That's that's uh, it's all green arrows. So what more do you want? That's the way I'd like. Yeah, it. I'd like bigger green arrows yeah. if I'm going to be picky. But um, if I could make a deal that I only get green arrows for now to the rest of the season, I'd take that. <laughs> see where that went. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. If I got two million rank every week for the rest of the season, it would be a bit of a slog. But it means I'm doing something right because last few weeks I'm about nine, ten points ahead of the average and. That all adds up. It does, it does. And that's, uh, the, the you know, you have the higher up you get, the tougher it is to yeah. keep those green arrows going. I had the opposite uh, bit of fortune this week. I got two red arrows. But, you know, I don't count myself too unlucky. I mean, as of yesterday evening, it all kind of picked back up again. It was looking pretty dire before the Arsenal game. And Aubameyang kind of, you know, picked my game week up a Saved your bit. ass, Saved my is, ass. The, is the phrase you're looking for. I just like to think if the match was on a Saturday and he did that... 
you know, you wouldn't be saying he saved my ass. It's just happened to be that I really, really needed him <laughs> in this very last I, game of the game. <laughs> I had caught up to you, and it was literally Level. you'd one person to play, and that was Aubameyang. And I was like, as long as Aubameyang does nothing, or if he has a low game, if he gets a goal, he gets six points. You know, fair enough. I, you know, I was like, kind of happy. I was like, I'm really hoping for a two pointer. Yeah. And I went away at halftime yesterday. It was one nil to West Ham. Arsenal looked abject. It looked like this, you know, Freddie Lundberg. Um, experiment new failing. experiment was yeah. failing yeah, exactly that's the best way to put it and um, yeah then I came back and our group chat message was lit up with Steve going Poxy I'll bang it yeah. <laughs> saved you this week yeah I know I didn't even have a chance to enjoy it before I was uh, getting accosted with uh, you know blames of yeah, luck but, that's because uh, Steve had him and got rid of him, did he? Did he? I don't know. I didn't actually look into it too much. I was just—it was too stressful this week, Seamus. I just had to kind of quickly look at the scores, had a nice smile to myself, and uh, put the phone away for the rest of it till this morning when I wanted to actually read up and all the shit. But uh, yeah, you know, he did save my game week, and that gave me a total of fifty-eight points, which wasn't enough to save me from uh, a red arrow. But overall, across the last two game weeks, I started off on just on the four hundred k mark, and now I've dropped with two red arrows. Down to 480. So I've dropped 80k in two game weeks. Uh, considering the damage that could have been done and, you know, how flip-floppy my ranks have been over the last couple of months anyway, that's actually pretty insignificant. What was your game week 15 score? 56. So that would have put me at a kind of game week rank of 2.3 million. And then this week's game week rank was 3 million. So yeah. again, in and around the average. Well, see, like 56 and 58. Like, I mean, they used to be kind of what you're aiming for like about 55 points on average a game week yeah and and that would usually see you green now obviously when you're in the top 100k you'd be like oh that's not going to get you a green but we're not in the top 100k we're like okay, I'm 600k now you're top 500k yeah. you're, you were 400k at the start of this I would expect to maybe get a green arrow with those I mean you're getting reds with those I mean it just goes to show you how competitive it is this week and I think a lot of it had to do with those you know FPL former kings Salah Kane scoring big, even Aubameyang. So these are the guys that a lot of people had that are less owned than would have been previously. A lot of people kind of going, you know what? There isn't value in the forwards with Aubameyang. A lot of people moved off him. Now he's been doing well for you lately. But a lot of people going, I'm not sure if he's worth the money with like cheaper options like Rashford, Vardy, Jimenez, Abraham. Kane has done dick all recently. So I'm not sure he's been worth it either. And then a lot of people have made the Salah to Manny move because Salah's got those injury doubts. So... Those kind of ghost teams or ghost well, ships. Also, I wanted to ask you before we got too condescending uh, to people with Salah and Matt Kane. I was going to go say that to you. Is it like, is it, uh, you know, just these kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily ghost teams, but maybe more casual players that, you know, they know what Kane does. They like Spurs. They like Harry Kane. They know he's the talisman. So I have him in my team because Spurs are doing well. Uh, more casual than Ghost. Do you get me? Yeah, no, I know. I would say, um, and that I'm being a bit probably. too disparaging. Right? Yeah. I would say, <laughs> of would say, Kane's ownership you've ta- probably talking about like yeah maybe 50% of those are ghost ships maybe another 20% of those are kind of our 30% might be or 25% would just make it nice and even <laughs> would be casuals who are kind yeah. of like yeah I like Kane um, you know I'm not oh, gonna, I'm just not going to overthink it those I'm, kind of players and then the last one are, are those players who are like looking at how, what Mourinho's doing at Spurs saying I'm getting in on here everyone's going for Ali I had Aguero you know there could have been an easy move to Kane here yeah. and they went for Kane and they might have been disappointed in game week 15 and go oh, what am I doing but held for this one because it was such a nice fixture and uh, yeah Kane, like Kane is a good player but 
a I good just think player with a great FPL record exactly. over the last couple of seasons. He's never been cheaper these last two or three years either. Yeah. What's he, 10.8 right now? Yeah, I think he's 10.8 now. That's yeah. crazy. Keep so, I mean, at the start of the season, we said 11 million was crazy value for him. And now all of a sudden, I'm kind of going, that still kind of feels a bit pricey yeah. to me. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, you can still get Sun as a midfielder for 9.9 or something like that which is a uh, whole, he's 10 now he's but, yeah, 10 now but so it's nearly still a million the guts less. of a mil less yeah exactly and uh, a far more potent attacking option in my opinion mm. but yeah no, the Harry Kane I said, he's a perfect example of someone who delivered this week when Spurs hammered uh, who would have been Burnley Burnley, Burnley but their high ownership uh, is what I'm getting at they're still highly owned and a lot of that as I said is dead teams and casuals you know someone similar to that would be like Salah you know again and it's weird to say that considering how strongly we felt about Salah at the start of the season but realistically uh, I suppose maybe the people as you said that are kind of more involved in the game and get kind of maybe a bit too bogged down in it like myself and yourself they would have got off Salah for you know a long time ago and then the ones that held on to Salah have just seen, you know, exactly what Yeah, there's do. there's plenty of, like, really good managers out there. And I listen to other podcasts as well after we record ours each, each week. I try not to listen to them before we record ours because I don't want it to be influencing what we're talking about. But um, I listen to plenty of podcasts and, you know, they're on Salah. And they were on Salah last week, you know, and he didn't play midweek and they were disappointed. And then he plays this week and, you know, he gets a goal and an assist. And, um, you know, people, if you have him, it's probably not a priority. You probably have other fires put out. So I can see why people would still have Salah. Yeah. They might be just like, you know what? I need to uh, get in Rashford. I need to get in Vardy. There's people who got on Vardy late. So there's people who probably were expecting some Mane rotation that didn't go for him, just stuck with Salah and have been rewarded and fair play to them. And the same with Kane. So there's lots of good managers out there with him as well. I just think the trend... At least from what I'm seeing on Twitter is that everyone has money, not not Salah. Yeah, exactly. And I do think Twitter it can be a bit of a bubble sometimes in terms of uh, the you know the volume of players that actually aren't on Twitter, volume of FPL players that aren't on Twitter is huge. huge. Yeah. So I mean, that's always uh, something to take into consideration. You mentioned a lot of players there that we want to discuss this week, the likes of Rashford and. Uh, you mentioned we mentioned Vardy. There's a, lot, there's a couple of questions in the drunk tank we're going to get to. But before we move on to that, Seamus, uh, I wanted to get your high points and your low points. Now, I know you've looked at it over the last two game weeks, but yeah, what was your high point for the last uh, two? Um, So many high points, so many low points. So I've just <laughs> gone. My high point this uh, this episode would be probably getting um, being vindicated, getting rid of Sterling. And getting in sun and yeah. giving him the arm and trusting him with the arm. But as I said, I looked at it and said, I think Sterling will still score points, but I don't really think I want to captain him any game. And I looked at this week and I said, you know, I could totally captain Sun this week. I said I'd put, you know, I'd, I'd whip him out and put, put him on the line for him and <laughs> yeah. gave him the, the armband. And yeah, he duly delivered. Now, I thought your highlight would be uh, Sun's goal. That was probably because I was watching that in real time, kind of yeah. going. OMG, this is balls, And I thought yeah, that was probably the highlight. So, Sun in general, but getting that goal, I was like, okay, well, now when United are playing City later on, like, Rashford's going to have to, or Sterling is going to have to score, like, 12 points. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really care. You know, I was yeah. like, I'm happy here. And when he didn't do anything... But so, I just said Sun is captaincy because... I got to combine it to the fact that Sterling did nothing. He blanked. Yes. Um, so the two of them combined was uh, was my high point this week. Yeah, nothing better than getting your transfer decision right and your captaincy decision right and to combine them both together. Yeah. Yeah, that's a strong high point for me. My high point also lies in a, a familiar territory, uh, White Hart Lane. I think they were at home this week, weren't they? They were. Yeah, yeah. 
is it called White Hart Lane still? I was going to say. They haven't, they, they've got naming rights they're going to sell for the stadium, which they haven't yet. So I think it's just, it's at White Hart Lane. The address hasn't okay. changed, but I might be called just the Tottenham, Mama Guju, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium now, I think. Yeah, yeah, I get you. So White Hart Lane. Um, <laughs> yeah, I might, it was also from there. And that was uh, Deli Ali's second assist. A player I also transferred in uh, since our last episode. I basically made the switch from Abraham and uh, Harvey Barnes to Deli Ali and Musse. And then, obviously, after game week 15, that was looking a bit like, oh, bollocks. Abraham did start, has played 90 minutes in the last two matches. I think he played 90 this week as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's played, he started both matches and he delivered 12 points in game week 15. And uh, what? Did he get 12 points? He got a goal and assist and three bonus points in game week 15. Against United? No, he only got a goal. No, Chelsea. Abraham. Oh, sorry. You got in Abraham? No, I got rid of Abraham. Seamus, do you even listen to this podcast? I thought you were giving... I thought you said it worked out well because you uh, got in... I thought you were talking about Ali. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. I got over the two game weeks. Uh, Ali got a goal in game week 15. And... uh, as I said, Abraham Musa did nothing, didn't fucking do shit. Jack Starts didn't start. I was like a dog. I was like, fuck, Abraham's after getting 12 points. Ali did score against United, even though United still won and played one of the best performances they had played in ages until the next game week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was, I was, you know, kind of a little disappointed, but I knew it was a two game week uh, kind of move at least until the next episode. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to talk about it. <laughs> so game week 16 comes along. Abraham does jack shit. And Ali gets two assists, which I think overall the two game weeks, I'm up points, uh, which is fine on my two transfers. Because Harvey Barnes also didn't start this week and did nothing. Yeah. So the two moves kind of worked out, not by a long shot, long shot but, you know, it, you know, it, it scraped it. And uh, that's why his second assist, which was a bit controversial, was my highlight. Because uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. You talked about maybe it being removed at some stage. You went as far as to tweet about it. And uh, I was like, oh, that's, I tweet about like a lot less. <laughs> so yeah. that's not that, it's not that significant. It's not like I save my tweets for important world matters. But uh, yeah, I fully expected to be removed. I was like, I was like, okay, I've I've been in this position where I've had that person get the assist removed from them, yeah. or not given to them. So I was like, oh, that's definitely going to be removed. It seems so fucking uh, subjective to whoever makes the decisions on that thing. Because I've seen does. exactly that, that's the same why thing I think not pe- get given. That's why people are giving out. Because usually, if an attacker is running with the ball and somebody tackles him then it's um, not given as an assist. Yeah. And it shouldn't be because he's tackled the ball. But where the only reason they're doing it, and this is the official FPL response, is that the last touch came off Ali. And I'm like, well, who's seeing that? Proof. Where are you seeing that? Like, what is there evidence for that? Because I've any angle I saw, it just looks like who's a Peters or whoever comes in from the side and tackles him and it, the ball just goes that way. And I'll yeah, the ball's it. close to his feet, but I don't think he kicks it off Ali and... It's definitely not a pass, so it can't be given as a pass. But the official reason is it took a last touch off Ali. Do you and think there's apparently I bothered my ass checking this out. Apparently there's footage out there that shows definitively that it doesn't come off Ali last. Do you think that the people who make these decisions are allowed to play FPL? Of course. <laughs> I'd say they're way more obsessed with FPL than we are. I don't know. I'd feel like if I was in charge of what is it, probably a multi million dollar franchise, uh you wouldn't let these cunts make uh, FPL teams. Yeah. Maybe. But that's a nightmare. That's like saying don't eat the chips and you're working on a chipper exactly yeah you're not you're like you're the guy who makes the special sauce but you're not allowed to taste the special sauce so yeah. how do you know if it's any good exactly how do you know if it's any good yeah, maybe, that's it. maybe they're caged animals up there they don't know what mistakes yeah. they're making I, I definitely thought it was going to be removed I thought it should have been removed <laughs> but like I just said look unless there's like if they if it's come off I'm fair enough I've no problem giving it but I've just seen those 
not given. I have not got those assists yeah. in the past. Well, so see, I was expecting it to be removed. So I'm like, why are why is Ali getting special? Like what feels like special treatment? So look, whatever. Seeing as much, seeing how much it meant to you is obviously the reason why it's my highlight of the Because week. I went with Son and said, yeah, that's what. Because I went with Son instead of Ali. I had this choice, and I felt like okay, vindicated. And the other annoying thing about Ali this week, Ali just annoyed me, irritated yeah. me this week, and that came close to my low point. Was um. <laughs> Was that he was true, and all he had to do was slide it through to Son for a tap in at one stage, one on one with the keeper, and he dallied on the ball, and the defender got back and managed to get a tackle, and he ended up messing up his pass, and it went out for Trump. Like so, dally like dally. Son could have he dally dallied, <laughs> he dally dally, dally dallied, <laughs> yeah, dally dallied. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that could have been a huge score for Son. Now that being said, the uh, Vardy captainers could have had a much bigger score as well. They. Um, they got 13 points and that could have been like 17. That could have been yeah. like 21 as well. Well, that was a running close to my high point was the fact that I had also Captain Mane in game week 16. Uh, knowing that he was a rotation risk, especially with game week 15 and Salah and Firmino being rested. But uh, yeah, I captained Mane for game week 16 and he wasn't uh, on the starting lineup. So Jamie Vardy was setting him in my vice captain. So obviously I've spent the next 90 so minutes fretting that Klopp's just going to put Mane on for no for no fucking reason uh, and when it took Liverpool what 35 minutes to score or something like that I was kind of going, oh shit this is going to be one of those games where it's nil-nil till the 65th minute and then he wants to bring Mane on and I'm fucking getting none you know well Mane could still come on and score there but yeah, you know then you're kind of going well he might get 6 or 8 points as opposed to yeah. you know Son who's already got 12 or- exactly expect the worst <laughs> hope for the best James. that's my attitude and uh Fucking, yeah, he didn't, he stayed glued to the bench and that meant I got Vardy's uh, haul. So that was a close runner for a high point for me. But no, I think knowing the how much it meant to you, uh, Deli Ali's second assist pips it. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the second vice captaincy you've got this season after KDB's 17 points. It's important. Doubles. Yeah, it's yeah important. so I mean, it, but it, there is a huge risk in it. I mean, these are players, you knew that if they were winning, uh, Manny wasn't going to come on. Yeah. But it was a case of how long could Bournemouth... Uh, keep him out and, and to to your point a while ago like I also thought Vardy looked a bit tired in game week 15 against uh, was it Watford and uh, yeah I completely agree with you I was thinking do you know what maybe the he'll score one he might get a peno you've seen the last couple of weeks he did, I did, I did he did yeah oh he did yeah exactly <laughs> he might get a peno I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna like you know not worried about him scoring but maybe he gets a rest because he's like 32 now or something like that 33 yeah he, so like maybe he does get taken off for 60 minutes after 2-0 you know? I think the thing with Vardy is they don't really play too many times uh, twice a week yeah so I think he's well able to play okay three games in a week I can do that plus his game he does a lot of running and stuff like that but he isn't involved in a lot of actions. He doesn't get too many touches in the ball. He's his actions are just kind of constantly making runs and making space and trying to start to make runs. But yeah. the ball doesn't come. Then he comes back into position, floats again, tries to make runs. And he uh, he really in game week fifteen where he scored five points, he actually got booked for a dive, which should have been a penalty. He was yeah. caught and he was booked for a simulation. It went to VAR and it still wasn't given. So he really could have a- had two penalties in that, and he missed another great chance there as well. Like it was a game where he could have had a hat trick. Yeah, and it's similar in against Villa this week as well. I mean, I said it would be a tough match for Villa, and yeah, they got fucking hammered. Yeah, they did. And uh, did you see Sionchu almost scored at the very end yeah, as well? He smashed off Eaton's face. Off Eaton's face, yeah. I was like, what a fucking save. And, uh, yeah. That would have been brilliant. Just like, that would have made a big difference. I think just those extra, those five points, maybe a bonus as well. Maybe it's the Twitter 
fucking in me, but I feel like Sonic is one of those players now where he's just kind of entered into shield territory. He everyone seems to have him. Yeah. Uh, now obviously there's you know as we said there's a huge amount of players that we wouldn't fucking even see their teams and they'll have the likes of Pereira. Who, yeah, there's a lot know. with Pereira and a lot with Chilwell and yeah. stuff like that. So I mean just to get that um so Sionchi while Leicester you don't get too much benefit for getting a clean sheet from Leicester, but if Sionchi scores, you definitely do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But what's your low point for the week so? Uh I kind of uh, touched on it earlier and that was my game week 15 transfer from Pope to Henderson. I, I was happy enough to get rid of Pope um, went with Henderson because the fixtures and they haven't really, they've kind of given up their clean sheets early in kind of games. So I've actually got no clean sheet from it in the last two. Whereas my other option who I really like to prefer the fixtures of almost actually was Gaeta for Gaeta for Crystal Palace. And I didn't fall for the Zaha, what I consider trap. I was like, he could be good, but they're just not, the tackle numbers aren't there yeah. and I said it on the last pod you know he's been lucky with his goals he scored from like low XG so he scored two goals in two games from like pretty low XG and it's one of the reasons why Harry Kane this week even though he got like 16 points I'm kind of going well look both of those goals were belters from outside the box or just inside the box where he smashed it past the keeper they're kind of low expected goal chances Yeah, I he's still not getting in the box he's still not looking like a centre forward he's not going to be banging him in from outside the box every game so I'm more than happy to stick with Son but going back to the other one, um, yeah, yeah, the, this just hasn't worked out. If I gone for Gaeta yeah. over uh, Henderson, I believe I would be 14 points better off. I'd be ahead of you. I said it before Pod when we were t- talking. It was like, got that decision wrong. And it's only 0.3 in the difference. Kind of felt like it was 0.5 in the difference. I should have just went Gaeta. I was just being a cheap bastard. Yeah, no, it seems to have bitten you a bit. I get it, though. I mean, 5 million into a Crystal Pass defense that you know you can get into for 4.1 now. 4.3, Kelly's gone up. Kelly's, Kelly's gone up, fuck me. Uh, but yeah, so you I mean you can get into that defence a little bit cheaper so I can understand your hesitation and to that was my five that minutes. was my thinking. I was thinking I'm going to be coming into uh, the Crystal Palace defence anyway mm-hmm. for um, for I had Fredericks as my fifth sub and I know in game week 18 Fredericks isn't playing so I need to change that anyway to get like a full complement out really and Kelly was the guy I was looking at. So I was like, I'll get Kelly in a few weeks. Uh, and spoiler alert I've actually made my transfer I've got Kelly in this week um, just because I you know he's going to keep going up in price Yeah. so I've made that transfer and I may make another yeah no no I honestly haven't made any transfers so far but I need to I have two and uh, yeah no interesting I was wrong by the way just to go back to what we said at the top of the episode Pope did only get the one point against City yeah uh, but because he was on zero was, points for a while he was yeah but he, made the, he made the extra save and he got the one and he got zero against uh, Spurs yeah so I mean, he's one on point. one point for two games so he's still up three points in that transfer but it could have been it <clears> could have been, been so 18. much more yeah it could have been so much oh, more whatever. that was your low point and that's understandable mine it seems to be a running theme in the last few episodes and it involves Contwell once again uh, so in the last two weeks I've seen him score two goals and sit comfortably on my bench and then this week with Mane not playing I knew that Cantwell was going to play uh, or was going to come on for me and yeah I was thinking you know what a home match against Sheffield United Sheffield United have conceded a few and Cantwell was on a bit of uh, you know a bit of a run of form at the moment so come on fingers crossed Prick is is rested. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then you went on to explain kindly as you do that he almost uh, scored. At the yeah, end. he had an excellent chance to score. He was played into the box. Was like pretty much had a one on one with the keeper. But he defenders around him. But got a clear strike away, and Henderson just pulls out a top class save to push it around the corner. He, I don't know. He got so down. Your really keeper quick. that you transferred. My in. keeper. So that's why you know I'm not totally hanging Henderson out. Uh, 
to dry here. Like, um, yeah, I kind of wish I had guys going forward. I'd have the points in the bag, but I just think over the next 15 game weeks or so, I'm going to have Henderson. Henderson looks like he's got three really nice fixtures. Villa at home next, Brighton away, and Watford at home. That's three decent fixtures that you wouldn't mind uh, Henderson. No, and that's one of the reasons why I went from. But I just think after 15 game weeks of owning Henderson, if I compare him to Pope, I think I'll be up... 10, 15 points on that. and But I think maybe guys, and now that he's got a head start, I think best case scenario now, he's only going to be as good as that. And I'm a small bit worried that they've lost their, like teams are starting to figure out Sheffield United. Yes. And obviously I wasn't before I made this transfer, but I've looked at the games this week. I'm like, hmm, are, are teams starting to know how to score against them I'm now? I'm delighted you brought it up because that was my next question. And it's something actually I was surprised we didn't see in the drunk tank this week. But where do you see Sheffield United from now to the end of the season like do you think teams have figured them out because I'm starting to kind of come to that conclusion myself that they can be got at there's enough poor teams in the league and look you always see the poor teams at the start of the season one or two of those will improve with a new manager in the second half of the season I think there's enough poor teams in the season that Sheffield United will finish like around 10th in the league I actually think they'll have a good season and I don't think they're going to fall away too much their problem is scoring goals Yeah. so if they can keep Moussa scoring goals and uh, like I don't know if McGoldrick can ever get a goal <laughs> or McBurney or whoever Billy Sharp uh, if they can get a couple of goals if they get a signing in January transfer or something like that then yeah they could do well but I right now I'd be a little concerned if I doubled up on Sheffield United defensive assets because with Lundstrom as I as we said before he's got his own worry now he's on a, a, a four tier card uh, yeah so actually, he's walking that think suspension tightrope so is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, actually, in game week 15, that was one of the things that hurt my game week 15 score. I had like four or five of my players got yellow cards in that. And I was like, that's like four or five points. I can't remember if it was four or five. It was four at one stage. It may have ended up on five. I was like, that's like, I'm down five points because my dickhead players are getting yellow cards that's here. That's a fucking goal from a midfielder. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, I get you. Um, so, yeah, my, my low light of the week was definitely Cantwell sitting on the bench uh, there against Sheffield United on Sunday. It was a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the groin because uh, I was already kind of freaking out. I mean, come the end of Saturday night, I had 12 points and uh, everyone was sitting in the high 30s and I was like, oh, shit. So, come Sunday, it was like still not looking any better until Jamie Vardy played uh, Sunday evening. Yeah. And uh, that kind of put me in a, a bit of a better mood, but I knew I still had to rely on Aubameyang. Yeah. And he came through as well. But I think uh, that's enough of uh, the last couple of game weeks looking back in the shame. It's time to move forward. And what better way to move forward other than the drunk tank? So we've a good few questions here. Um, who to start with? Who to start with, Jer? Let's start with FPL Dave. I liked his question. I think he was the first to ask as well. He's like, has a hangover ever actually helped your game week? That's a good question. And uh, I thought about this, and the answer the only way I think a game a hangover could help my game week would be if I failed to make a transfer because I stepped in and missed the deadline or failed to change a captaincy or something like that. Yeah, and which has definitely happened. I locked into something. I've definitely actually, you know what? I don't think I've ever really missed the deadline. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't think in like the what eight, ten years of playing. I haven't done it because I've just set a boss team if I know I might be missing a deadline coming up. But you still count as missing the deadline if you didn't get a chance, if you didn't know who your captain was, for example. You'd be like, shit, who the fuck did I go into this week with? Yeah, that's been a long time since that's happened. Yeah, you know? I came close last year a couple of times. I remember like, literally hearing people across the office just mention something about a player. And I was like, fuck, the deadline's in 10 minutes. And that was my first time in ages. So I think I was taking it for granted a little bit. But going back to Dave's question, uh, has a hangover ever helped me? Never. Yeah, I think I think I'm too obsessed with FPL to like actually miss a deadline. As I said, I'll set my team up. There has been times where I've been considering making moves, but 
and you know I've I, I have slept in because I've like my team has said I'll, I'll think about it and maybe I'll make that move in the morning yeah. and you know maybe that move would have helped or maybe that move would have been bad for me but generally speaking if I'm thinking these things while I'm out having drinks and I've say you know that's it's probably a good idea not to make the moves because more often than I think I think you know drinking is bad for your FPL health. Yeah, definitely. I've seen far more horror stories than I've seen kind of, you know, golden fucking uh, memories of it. Uh, I also find that I've often made my hangover worse because of FPL, because I'll force myself to get out of bed to look at my fucking team, even though, you know, the world is closing in around me. It's just like, no, I need to look at this and it's half fucking ten and I haven't gone to bed since, you know, I've only been in bed three hours. So, like, I don't know. Uh, It's definitely made it worse. Never made it better. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. All right. Well, next question is from Dina Hearn. Dean asks, will Rashford keep the form up? Is he worth bringing in? Now, I think that's one of the most relevant questions this week. He's finally managed to break 100 points, seemingly under the radar. Um, He's played two excellent games against Spurs and then Man City at this weekend. Uh, How many points did he get this week? Did he get nine points? Did he get the three bonus from the City game? I think he did. Yeah, he got quite a few. Uh, Rashford got, what did he get? Goal, assist, and... Or he just got a goal and, yeah, three bonus. Three bonus. So he got nine points this week and uh, he scored against Spurs as well. Um, Yeah, he's had a great week. But, yeah, somebody we mentioned like maybe five or six episodes or five or six weeks ago we were kind of saying Martial's the one to go for and then like maybe four episodes we were kind of started to mention well Rashford actually could be you know he's tipping away maybe we should be looking at Rashford without seriously diving deep into him I'd be lying if I said I've been looking at Rashford because of the reasons that we've mentioned in terms of United and their attacking uh, output like we've seen throughout the season that they've picked up some serious amount of points against the top six teams and against teams that come to play against them do you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm worried about, like, United have a lovely run of fixtures now. They're at home to Everton. They're away to Watford. They're at home to Newcastle. And they're away to Burnley before they're away to Arsenal. These are all teams that, uh, you know, if United were on fine form and scoring goals for, for fun, I'd be looking at them seriously. But I'm looking at Everton and I'm thinking, is Duncan Ferguson going to basically bring two rows of fucking four to Old Trafford and sit back? And if that's the case, I worry for United. It's not even that what I'm worried about. Duncan Ferg- the Everton team at the weekend with Duncan Ferguson in charge for the first time made more tackles than uh, I think Everton have made like a, in t- during the entire Marco Silva did spell. Did you watch it? Um, did I watch the game? I did watch the game. It was fucking excellent. Yeah, and, and they were well worth it. Yeah. And um, yeah, they were just, they're flying into tackles. I don't know what number of tackles. I Something in my head is telling me when I was watching match today, the stat was that they made the most tackles out of any team this Premier League season I definitely know it was the most that Everton have made this Premier League season and they thoroughly deserved to win they were excellent and if they do that against United that's going to cause United a lot of trouble so it's not going to be as easy a game Yeah. but with Rashford what I will say is that he's been on excellent form and he's been on penalties he's been on penalties that's exactly it so they've had 10 penalties this season they've scored 6 I think Rashford has taken 6 of those uh, and he's he's definitely missed 1 maybe even 2 he missed 2 yeah Yeah. so I mean like he's his tally, I think he's on like 10 goals, 6 assists or something like that. Like four of those are penalties. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Because he has them in his bank against any team. And if United are winning that amount of penalties, they're going to win more of those probably at home than away. You would, I will, I would imagine. And uh, yeah, what, we've got two home games against Everton and Newcastle next. Yeah, I am a bit worried that against the teams that park the bus, they struggle. But it's mostly away. Well, you're sitting there with, I would, I hesitate to use the word, but you know, for argument's sake, a template kind of forward line. Mm-hmm. Ings, Jimenez, Vardy. 
Uh, I was just trying to think of some kind of anagram, and I'm like, you've ruined me, FPL. <laughs> Vidge or whatever. Jiv or Vidge. Jiv, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're sitting there with, you know, would you consider replacing any of those players for a Man United? Roster? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am considering it. And it was one option I could do or still can do this week if I want to take a hit. But I think I'm happy with Ings's fixture against West Ham. Yeah. I think... Is Ings the guy you were looking to get out of? Yeah, I can go Ings to, to Rashford because um, I have 4.2 in the bank or something like that. So, like, I can go straight up from Ings to Rashford and I was like, that could be a good one. And then there's a lot of people like Jimenez's price has been dropping recently even though he's been tipping away and doing quite well and unlucky not to actually get goals well, combined I mean, with his assists. When you look at these fixtures list, I've seen a lot of people going, how is his price dropping? There's informed forwards around the place and Wolves face Spurs, Man City and Liverpool in the next four matches. Yeah, but who did they play in their last game? They played Brighton? They played yeah, they played Brighton. Brighton and they played West Ham. Yeah, before. so they were kind of like, oh, people are kind of going, oh, the fixtures are terrible. It's like, hang on, the fixtures aren't really terrible until well, game week yeah. 19. They beat Spurs twice last year, I believe. They didn't beat Mourinho Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Jimenez scored in both those games. I remember people selling him for the Spurs game last year. Um, Wolves will totally put it up to Spurs this week. They're at home. Okay. And I'm holding on to him because, as I said, the reason I'm doing it is there's some bad fixtures in game week 18. And I think people are just looking at the upcoming fixtures and going, oh, bad game week 19 and 20. And then look, there's a red here on the ticker for game week 17 against Spurs too. Spurs, this is the first clean sheet Spurs have kept under Mourinho. And it was against the yeah. woeful Burnley. Yeah. And even at that, they should have scored. Um, I think somebody hit the post. Was it Rodriguez? And then Chris Wood was about to tap in the follow-up and it got blocked by Aria. So they definitely could have scored. Gazaniga is not a great keeper at all. So I think uh, against a dynamic Wolves team, yeah. Jimenez could definitely get amongst the Fair points enough. here so you definitely rate Jimenez ahead of Rashford um, yeah it, 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 to me it kind of went um, no no I rate Rashford ahead of Jimenez long term so like I'm just going to wait until game week 19 when they are playing Man City and then Liverpool and I'll probably come off Jimenez at that point I'll just take the point he's got a point six since I've had him yeah. so I'm gaining point three in him if he goes down another point two, I'll still gain yeah. value on him and I'll go to uh, I'll go to Rashford then when they're playing Newcastle at home I, I think it, it depends. It gives me more time to watch it because if I see that the same thing's happening like against Sheffield United where they just can't break them down now, I know they managed to in the end, but against these away teams who sit back and they can't break them down against Crystal Palace, things like that, yeah. then uh, yeah, then maybe I'll go, hmm, maybe I won't. Maybe against these teams that sit back mm. and they can't counter that Rashford isn't as effective, but he still has penalties in his locker. He How does. about you? I spent a way too long answering that. Well, I mean, I kind of you know agree with a lot of what you said. I think he is a really strong option at the moment and I'm also looking at you know possibly bringing him in because I have Aubameyang so that's my big issue is now that I've finished my run my Aubameyang experiment is over he can go fuck himself <laughs> I think you could qualify that as pretty mm, successful I don't think so I had like for the fixtures I should have if I was any bit professional I'd have sat down I'd have looked at what he's done over the last four or five game weeks but like he's had his hauls against uh, he had one haul against Norwich or something like he's basically yeah. had two uh, decent returns and assist in amongst it and he had six or seven really nice fixtures I think he said his last three fixtures have been 12 to 13 so that's what 27 points in the last three game weeks yeah. he's averaging nine points a game it's good yeah but I mean what but, has Ings got for the price difference that I've yeah been, he's, got the, I mean? he's got kind of the same Yeah, that's the thing so like, I mean and now Arsenal come into Man City, Chelsea, Man United in the next five, sandwiched in between those three fixtures are away matches to Everton and Bournemouth now I know it's a bit early. My gut says that Everton could actually turn, uh, you know, yeah. turn this around and start becoming yeah. a strength, uh, you know, a, a team with a bit of strength again. And if that's the case, that doesn't become appetizing. Yeah, a way to Bournemouth 
Bournemouth's Bournemouth the only good so fixture bad, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, they're going through such a poor run of form, and Wilson seems to have picked up a bit of a knockdown as well. There's so many injuries. So, yeah, um, I'm, but I'm happy to come off of uh, Bamiyang. I've, I did my time with him. The question is, where do I go? And Rashford is looking appealing. You know, so that's got to be your transfer this week, is coming off uh, of yeah. Bamiyang. So are you thinking of getting Rashford in this week, then? It sounds so, like it. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's an option. Like, I kind of... I'm not too sure, Seamus. said maybe Jesus, something differential if I go mad uh, away to Arsenal who can't keep a clean sheet for their life and then home to Leicester and then they're playing, too appealing. You know? Then they're playing Leicester who can yeah. be very conservative when they're playing the top teams and I can imagine that being quite, you know, they'll want to play on the counter-attack with Vardy's pace and Madison playing true balls up there. So I might also want to rectify my getting rid of Abraham decision. So that could have been a mistake. Now, Chelsea, again, have a tough run. Yeah. They have, you know, Bournemouth. It's really like game week 18 is what's putting me off of Chelsea. They're away to Spurs. And you kind of want to have a... I, I already feel like I'll hate game week 18 before it starts. Do you know the kind yeah. of like Looking at my team, I'll be going, fuck it, it's Ali versus Mount. And it's, or it's you know, I have Mount at the moment. Yeah. If I turn him into a son... You know, maybe we'll see. I might double yeah. up Spurs. Might. There's loads of options. But Rashford, yeah, Dean, I think... Uh, is he leading the line, I think, for your possible... Forwards-wise, yeah. he is. Just based on the fixtures coming up, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, fuck it. I, I think we're so. both so in favour of that, Dean, um, of that player. And I think we can't. he can keep up his form. Can he keep it up where he's scoring, you know, eight, nine points a game? Probably not, but I think he'll tip away. Yeah. I think over Christmas he'll tip away with the points and we're both looking at getting him in. You more immediately than I, but... Well, yeah. I have the space. I have the yeah, Batman yeah. conundrum. Limerick man as well. Uh, Dean Hearn is he? Yeah. Don't know the guy, but well, good to meet you, Dean. Uh, next uh, question is from Charlie Bennett. It kind of ties in what we're just talking about. We just mentioned one of them. Who are your top players to target over the festive period? Now he said, "What are your top players?" But I'm going to correct that and say, "Who are your top players to target over mm-hmm. the?" He's such a, a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other than Rashford, who Rashford. are you looking at? You mentioned Abraham. Yeah, I think uh, Abraham. Well, I mean, see, the thing is, up to two weeks ago, Abraham felt like he was in everyone's team as well. So now, all of a sudden, I think it's mainly just my own kind of bias that I'm going. I got rid of him, and I maybe I should have not, should not have done that. You're not the only one. It's <clears> not just your bias. I'm thinking the same. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he really put us to the sword there in game week 15 uh, for anyone that had sold him. I think you got off him the week beforehand for Ings, and so you've had Ings kind of picking up the points, which obviously is lessening any bitterness you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But I had Muse, and uh, yeah, he didn't do jack shit. So like over the Christmas period I mean I don't know Seamus I'll let you take it first because I'm just having a look at it there and I find with the Christmas period what actually happens is you have spent whatever the guts of 15-16 game weeks building your team up to Christmas so realistically you're never going to be looking at make you shouldn't be looking at making too many drastic changes because this should be all be kind of long term picks Mm -hmm. so I would just focus on making your auto subs, uh, getting your cheap kind of players that you're pretty happy uh, to come on for you. Maybe one might pick up a clean sheet here and there, kind of focusing on that a little bit. If you've got any blanks, like a Greenwood, you know, some people would still have a Greenwood sitting in their team. Maybe if you could turn that 4 million button into a 4 million Martin, whatever he is now for West Ham. I get, they're not all great options, but I just find that at Christmas time, I never... I, I don't really, I don't really like that. I mean, why are you using a transfer on your second goalkeeper? You're not going to play anyway. I'm just giving an example of right. you know tidying up your team a little bit, but a housekeeper, yeah, James. Yeah. You could do it. <clears throat> well, that's what I've done this week. I've got in Kelly for Fredericks because Fredericks has just been sitting there like no intention of playing him like ever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, there's a bit of housekeeping for me because it needed to be done. But really, that's not my move. What I should be doing and what I still may do, I may take a hit, 
is focus on those players that I think are going to score big over the next few weeks. Rotation be damned. Because there's always less rotation than you think. Yeah, you, but you're going to miss one players, game from a player, maybe. What? Yeah, but what? who do you not have? That's what I'm so the players, I've actually jotted down a few. And you mentioned Abraham. He's on this list. So is Pulisic, who's disappointed his owners with four blanks in the last four. But I've got Mount in my team. And I've got Tielemans, right? My defensive line is set now. Yeah. I don't need to touch my defensive line. I'm not touching my keeper. I've done that move there. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, be looking at my... All my transfers are going to be on my midfields and forwards for the next four or five weeks. And, yeah, the forwards I've identified are Rashford and Abraham. Mm-hmm. And Ings is going to be coming on my team, no question, in the next few weeks. And uh, Jimenez, is, as I said, is going to come out probably game week 19, but not immediately. And then the midfield options I'm looking at are Grealish, who I think is definitely going to come in. Yeah. around. I think he's coming in game week 18 for me. Um, for either Tielemans or Madison. Or Tielemans, excuse me, or uh, Mount. Mount. Yeah. And uh, I really want to get a Madison. I really feel like uh, if I had Madison over Tielemans, who I couldn't afford at the time anyway, so I had to go with Tielemans. Um, hasn't worked out. I'm going to hold on to Tielemans this week again. He'll probably be rested, but uh, against Norwich, I think I'm getting one more chance to grab a goal yeah. or assist or do something for me. He's got me one assist in like six game weeks. It's not really been good enough. Uh, Mount is, again, he's been a good player this season, but I've only had him for like two goals and an assist yeah. in like six or seven game seven game weeks hasn't been doing too much Ali is the other one of course can't mention that can't leave him out so I might just go like if I can go Green Grealish and Ali it all depends on how it all balances out with getting in Rashford but yeah so Rashford is like really up high in your list then yeah I think Rashford will be my game week 19 transfer Grealish will be my game week 18 transfer and I maybe does the Grealish uh, suspension tightrope put you off because I'm the same, I'm looking at Grealish and I'm going, all of a sudden, if I get Grealish in, I have Grealish, Lundstrom and Trent Alexander-Arnold all on a suspension tightrope. Yeah, I just, the suspension tightrope, by the way, is cleared after game week 18. Oh, is it? Yeah, so oh, okay. if uh, all I need to, I all I need to do is, that's why I'm not getting Grealish this week against Sheffield United away, which isn't that bad a fixture. He's been playing so well. Yeah. If he doesn't get a booking this week, then he's free to play 18 and that's what I want him for. And because uh, I don't really like the elements who's... Um, playing Man City isn't it? Yeah. yeah I don't really want I, I think I'm just getting rid of him at that stage because they will play super conservative and he won't get forward at yeah. all so yeah that would be that transfer and then in game week 19 I can decide to go for Rashford and I may even go for um, Pulisic uh, against Southampton why or... do you think Pulisic is a, a greater attacking threat than Mount? Oh, he's because he's been getting way more touches in the box. He's had way more shots. Uh, the, the underlying stats are all there. He's been unlucky. He's got like an expected goals over the last four games of at least two goals. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't scored. He's been just a bit unlucky. And watching the games, he's been a he's been a big threat oh, yeah. more than Mount. Well, I mean, Mount scored in game week fifteen. He did, but he hasn't. And been could get, have scored again in game week sixteen. He was blast. Yeah, seems to be playing like off of Abraham. When he's on the pitch, they seem to have a bit of a better connection, I would say, than Pulisic and the rest of the team. What's putting me off with Chelsea is they've only got four goals in the last four games and they've lost three of those. Yeah. So they are no longer this team that's going two or three a game like they were you know, six or seven weeks back. Which is um, why I wouldn't invest more money in them. Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm trying to get ahead of the curve. I'm trying to think, are they going to come back? But they've shown they're a good team this, this season. They've just been on a bad spell. Yeah. I am worried about rotation. So, as I said, Pulisic was more in my mind like two weeks ago, like before game week 15. Then he blanked and I was like, okay, people are coming off him. Then, like, let's see how he does in 16. And he blanked again. And I was like, okay, that's better for the differentialness. But 
he's not on form. So I'm being com- I'm coming more and more off him. I'm not getting and him. It's in- also the the longer he goes without scoring, the more likely it is that he gives Hudson Odoi another chance on the I, team. I bet you he's bangs against Bournemouth this week I just have a Pulisic. feeling yeah I bet you he gets two goals against Bournemouth this week and then we're talking about him as like oh he's a really good option but <laughs> that's why I'm that's what I'm thinking but I mean like if he blanks again then I'm, I'm probably just not going to bother I mean it has to then I think you know Ali for the small bit more I should just do that it's a smarter move I just, I'll get Ali I think if I if it allows me to still go for Rashford in game week, it seems like your your head is uh, is twisted, Seamus. So but those yeah. are my transfer targets. I think I've listed them all. You do, and it's a good list. And I mean, this is why I do the podcast. It saves me doing any of this work. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll, Anyone I'll listen back to this, and I'll uh, remember. No, I mean, you hit the two ones I'm looking at: Grealish and Rashford. I already have Ali. The pro- like all I could do is shoot down your list. You know, in terms of like why I'm second guessing myself. Would you think a second Spurs midfielder like you don't have Son? No, I don't have Son, but I feel like if I was to get Son. In, I wouldn't feel too bad. I don't feel like it's like getting a Spurs midfielder in. Are you going to stick with KDB? I did. I at the moment, I'm. I don't have any plans to get rid of KDB. I still have Aubameyang uh, as my kind of transfer out priority number one kind of thing. So with KDB, like you got rid of him two weeks ago, and he went on and you know got what ten points and then got ten and the, then a seven. Yeah, then a seven. So I mean that just goes to show, as far as I'm concerned. That he is tip he he's going to tip away. He's going to continue to tip away. I do agree that City aren't in the best run of form at the moment, and that would have me worried. But he's so fucking influential, and to to you know talk about talisman and all this kind of stuff. He's exactly what you know what if City are going to produce something. I feel like it's going to come through him, and uh, he's been lucky not to score more in those couple of weeks. You know, like even against uh, against was it Burnley. Like he, mm. you know, there was a couple of great chances in there that he had. And like another week, KDB, he could have scored against United, except for Lindelof got an amazing block in at the last minute. Yeah. So as far as I'm, and he wants to fucking shoot now. You can see he's yeah. got the fucking taste of blood in his mouth when he's coming into that uh, D on the edge of the box. He's uh, he's like he's thinking shoot already, and that's that's perfect. Uh, I'd like to think he inspired Rodri's goal uh, from <laughs> against Burnley. So that seems to be. It kind of ties in with the next one. I'm just looking at it here. Go for it. Um, the next question we have is from Ajit Dillon, mm-hmm. uh, Dillon uh, which is, um, he's asked us a few questions the last few weeks now. He's wondering, he's uh, two questions. I'll go with the second part first of all. He's saying, uh, if one can, should they switch from KDB to Salah and double up with Mane? So he's talking about getting rid of KDB, like I was just mentioning there. But he's saying go to Salah so you can double up with Mane. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it or better to spread player and team risk now that Salah's fit and their fixtures improved dramatically. See, I don't like. I'm a fan of. Uh, I'm a fan of. I, like, I don't want to say the word coverage, but I like having more teams to root for in a game week. Me so too. if I can, if I can have spread my my players across, you know, kind of different teams, I'll always look to that as my number one. If I can get in there on Spurs midfield with an Ali or a Son, and then get on Liverpool with a Mane or Salah, and then even get a bit of Man City action with a KDB, I'd feel more comfortable. Like right now, I have Mane, KDB, and Sons and uh, Ali. So there's three big teams that I can look forward to every week, and hopefully my player gets a bit doubling up. Uh, like especially with the Liverpool thing because you're not like that's not a like doubling up with Spurs and Son is going to come to less than 20 million it's nearly 25 million if you double up with Mane and Salah you know so there's an extra 5 mil tied up in in that Liverpool midfield so I'm not entirely sure if I'd uh, if I'd want both Salah and Mane but you know I could see uh, I could see doubling up on Spurs thing with me the first thing you got to mention there is the game week 18 they've got a blank yeah okay then they play Leicester, which we know is a tricky game. That's like the morning, like I think that's a Saturday morning, or it's a morning fixture anyway, I assume Saturday morning, uh, when they come back from. So they're flying back from halfway across the world, wherever these world games are on. Yeah. Um, and then they're playing Leicester straight away. So they have no time to prepare for that Leicester game. 
that's going to be a fucking tough game. And they're playing so, arguably the second best team of the league. Yeah, <laughs> not arguably the second best team of the league. Yeah. Like as wise. as the table goes and yeah. true form at the moment, Man City are not playing great. I would back Leicester to beat Man City in this this game. Their defense is awful. Jamie Vardy could be a captain option to against him in, in game week eighteen. But that aside, uh, I I think that's. Uh, that's the I big think, reason I think it's a good yeah. point as to why Salah Mane is not an option right now. In previous, yeah, exactly. In previous seasons, I would have been, I would have had the one Liverpool defender and Salah and Mane when Mane was cheaper, of course, and probably not as productive, but still an excellent option. But I would hold off. I'm going to wait until game week twenty to be looking at Liverpool again and see how they've they're dealing with these this fixture congestion because mm. there will be rotation. There could still be fatigue regardless of the rotation. Um, especially if they're like you know even further ahead of Liverpool or um, Leicester yeah. at that point it could be like oh they're not going to take anything for granted but they will become less attacking and more tighter at the back and just seal out those you'll see more of these 1-0 wins which kind of ties in with his second part of his question oh also I should mention doubling up I prefer to do with cheaper yeah, options cheap like and defense heavy. and stuff like yeah. that uh, yeah exactly like a cheap defender like Sionchu and Vardy or something like that exactly yeah. Um because if you triple up with heavy premium masses like I did with KDB and Sterling, like that's one of the reasons I had a poor middle of my season because it was it was only so so I wasn't really making much progress because these players kind of went quiet. When that happens, you're left with this decision: Oh my God, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. I rather like you spread the risk. Um, the first qu- part of his question was: Is it worth going top heavy without any premium defensive assets? So he's thinking of probably taking his money out of defense. Maybe he's thinking of coming off Trent and stuff and putting the money into Salah. Yeah. I prefer definitely I, with Liverpool, yeah. like, as you mentioned, like it's the fixtures list at the moment. You shouldn't be. I wouldn't be investing any money in Liverpool right now. I have my one defender and I have my one midfielder, mm-hmm. and yeah, with game week eighteen blank and with Leicester coming after that, stall the ball for a couple of weeks. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. agree. But uh, in terms of taking money out of defense, yeah, I I don't know what state a, a play that the fucking defense is in right now in FPL overall because I've had my defense pretty much set for weeks now in terms of like there were so many cheap assets out there in yeah. the likes of Kelly, Rico, mm-hmm. Soyunku was cheap, Tamori was cheap. You know, there's there's plenty of uh, cheap assets and not forget Lundstrom at one stage. Now, none of, like these players, a lot of them, we just mentioned Soyunku and Lundstrom, they're above 5 million now. You know, so yeah. they're no longer cheap <laughs> kind of defensive options but if you're on the Murley, uh, I mean, you yeah. may already have those. Maybe he's thinking, maybe I can get rid of Trent or maybe I can get rid of some more premium. Maybe he's got Mendy, I don't know. Yeah. And then go, like, I can just get Kelly in the and only, save a bit of money. The only premium assets I'd have, defensively speaking, are either Robertson or Trent and both if you if you can afford it. Uh, or Pereira or Chilwell. I'd go as far as those two. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I don't know, but I wouldn't have a Robertson and a Pereira. No, I just go at one. Well, I think I've got one def- premium defensive right now for me. I do agree with Ajit. Take your money out of your defense because it is all up front. I, you have to have three. I mean, it's you just, have to have three forwards. Yeah, that's the way it is. Well, I think whether like that third forward is Musay or Ings or whatever. Yeah, you could have five midfielders, but you want you want uh, seven attackers yeah. and maybe a cheap form like Tendonker. I'm happy with, yeah. but you want seven good attackers and put your money in there. I think, yeah. um, I think there's much more value in there overall. All right, one last question. We've got to be quick on this because we're going to run out of time. i got to go. i got work to go to. Uh, it's from uh, FPL Uncorked, which is Keen, number one in Ireland last year. Uh, he says, okay, I know a guy who's probably it's looking to bench to boost in game week 17. So this upcoming game week, he's, uh, his friend is going to bench boost. Is this one of these, my friend, when it's actually yeah, it's him, actually do you think? Him. Yeah, yeah. I can't, number one in Ireland. He expects to have 9.6 million to spend on one defender and one midfielder to go alongside Martin Kelly and Tom Heaton. 
Who would you recommend as cheap one-week punts? I feel like you've looked at this. Um, not a whole lot. So I thought uh, he's 9.6 million between the two of them. Ooh. Um, well, look, John Joe Shelby, I know, is 5 million. Uh, he's got three goals in three games. That could be a cheap one-week punt. Um, the thing is, with Newcastle, he's not going to... He's probably not going to get forward that much. Uh, he's got a nice header this week. Three goals and three matches now for John Joe Shelby. Yeah, I mean, I think and I would... you derided as a stable boy option. Yeah, as a cheap one-week punt, who do you say? He has Tom Heaton and Martin Kelly. Well, I think he's probably already got Lundstrom. I don't know. But, I mean, I would think that Baldock for Sheffield United is a really good option. Yeah. Got a goal and assist last week. Um, I think he's really good. What else was he looking for? <laughs> a midfielder? Uh, I don't know. Stay away from Southampton. You could go mad and go St. Maximin to, to you know someone that's been on a bit of form. That's not a, a punt. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad shout. You know, I mean, they're against uh, away to Burnley. Newcastle are away to Burnley at home to Crystal Palace in the next two. Away to Burnley is not a bad shout. Burnley aren't doing anything really impressive at the moment. Although, if you're looking for a couple of punts, I do believe we've some mentioned in our Puck Fathers this week. Yeah, so like Keen, we're gonna leave it at that. Uh, I I think John like nine point six isn't a lot to spend on two players. John Joe Shelby for five million is a really good enabler, and then uh, it gives you four point six to spend defense, and there's lots of options there for four point six. Maybe uh, maybe a bit of Trossard. Maybe he's another like five. He's six million. million. Or maybe he's five point eight. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at teams I would want to root that for. That still only gives you three point eight on a defender. I think even Reed for you know Winston Reed for West Ham I think it's still 3.9 I think that's as cheap as the defenders get so yeah. I'm not sure that works and right. you're talking about bench boosting so you need active players that's the thing and he probably has a bunch of the, the cheapies that we mentioned already yeah. I hope we didn't put that one too much you but. need to you, there's a lot more analysis on that needed Keen. so so apologies you'll have to look at that yourself but do see our next segment Balls to the Wall alright Balls to the Wall uh, last week was uh, we did a double game week game double 15 game week. and 16 together and our picks for that and uh, you had first pick and quite wisely went with Vardy yep which makes sense he got 5 in the first game 13 in the next could be more in both of those games 18 points over 2 game weeks I'll take it very good results very good score there um, I was next and I had Mane and Son Mane with 15 points Ooh. but then he's blanked the second one he wasn't played at all uh, Son got 2 in the first against United and uh, 12 in the next so he got, what did he get? 14. So 14, so 29, and you had Vardy with 18. So okay. then your next player has to get 11 or more. Okay, who was my next player? Aubameyang. Oh, oh <laughs> I got 12 it. points in the second game. So The way you're looking at me, I was like, it's definitely the guy who not only saved my game week, but also saved me in our hot shots. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll take it. So, so uh, 12 uh, points you got. So everything righted on this. Really, uh, yeah, a, t- a 32 <laughs> to 29 point victory for Jared. Good win, good win, my friend. You won it in the last game week of the... You of can have your green fucking arrows, Jarvis. I'll take the point. Yeah, well, good picks from both of us. Uh, we guys who uh, both yeah. of, all four of our picks had at least one double digit haul. Pot, I'd like to call that. Yeah, you know, and we could have had more. I, I need Manny to play and do something. I guess. Um, Puck Fadas moving on next. Um, I had first pick, and I fancied Wolves. I went with Darty. I was feeling a bit punty. I was like, yeah, defender who can score. I'll go with Darty. You only, you got Almost a clean like sheet. A yeah. <laughs> He got a he got a clean sheet and uh, in the first game, but only one point in the next. So he got seven points. Whereas you, who the fuck did I go for? You went for a better Wolves option in the end, as oh, it turned yes, out. Oh yes, 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 yes. Diego yes. Jota, yeah. and uh, he got you one point, followed by a thirteen pointer, uh, two goals in his second game. He's he's looking really good, and um, he could have had more. Yeah, did he actually. start against West Ham even? He did. He played seventy three minutes ah, or something okay. like that, yeah. and. Uh, 
Yeah, the he himself and Jimenez are linking up really so well. He well. could have had another goal as well. Jimenez could have had an assist off of playing linking off. Like so, I got five points from it this week. But I looked at match today and was like, man, that was a good chance for assist. That was a good chance for a goal. So, yeah, um, good. So Jata could be like an outside pick if you're looking at uh, kind of forwards for Wolves or something like that. If you didn't have the seven point eight or whatever Jimenez is now, yeah, like you know, he, what's Jata six million six point one. You I'm know? not even sure. He's so far off He's my radar. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Price-wise, I don't have that in my brain. But yeah, uh, and the win for Pafada, so two wins so far. But I did redeem myself with the Breen sheet. Yes. You yes. went for Soy Boy Beta Cook. Yeah. Soyun Chu, who got you uh, a clean sheet in the first game and then a two-pointer, so that's seven points. And uh, I got Baldock, who got a one-pointer in the first game, but got a goal and an assist in the second game for 14 points. So fifteen to seven, yeah. that's a, a clear win. In you my... know me, I don't remember much, but I was watching the Sheffield United match going, seeing Paul Lock coming out going, I'm pretty sure that was Seamus's Breen Sheets this week. Yeah. And I was like, that's a nice fucking haul. And uh, we'll move on to this week's uh, picks because we're under pressure here. I also, after these, want to mention just the FPL Hangover Mini League. Quick update on that because there were some good scores there to mention. Won't take long on it. But the uh, hot shots this week, I'd first pick, and no surprise here, the man on everyone's lips, Jamie Vardy. Boom. Yeah. First pick. It makes it makes perfect sense. Do uh, I need to explain that? No, against Norwich. She's against Norwich. She's a home yeah. match, and that was you know the only only pick that I could see rivaling that was my second pick, and that well it was you know the second pick, my first pick, and that's Mane. I think uh, Mane at home to Watford. Yeah, uh, he's been so. rested the last game. You know he's probably going to be fresh for this. They've been Champions, Champions League, League game. Goes, I mean, unless they do he need gets to point, get points in that. They do. Yeah. yeah, unless he gets injured, though, you imagine he's going to play. Yeah. Um. So where? Where's my second pick? Your second pick then. My second pick. Oh yeah, the man that time forgot. Or at least I forgot. Uh, I don't know why I said time forgot. But uh, I got him out of my team. And I think, uh, yeah, he's freaked me out. And that's why he's my second pick. It's Tammy Abraham. Home match against Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's... Bournemouth are they're fucking too rubbish. Many, too many injuries. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Howe, if he was in any, any other manager, would be under pressure right now. Yeah, and Frank needs a result uh, at the moment. Because Chelsea have lost yeah. a couple in the last uh, last couple of matches. And uh, yeah, they need fucking... They need to turn up at Bournemouth and I think Abraham could fucking I think they will I think they'll get I think they'll get three goals in that yeah so I might just go back down to Abraham rectify yeah. my mistake but uh, my last pick then was the man of the episode we've been talking a lot about Rashford boom yeah um, no real explanation needed there they're at home he's on penalties they're playing Everton yeah no, yeah I like that one um, but I that have my gave, concerns as yeah, you know but yeah. uh, I think uh, we have run a form on run a form that know. gave you first pick in the puck fathers sure yeah, so my puck fathers for this week is, yeah, he's again, I can kind of hinted at uh, this when we were talking about Keane's question, FPL on Cork, and uh, yeah, Chris Wood for Burnley. I know uh, it's a bit of an odd one, but he's he's got a you know a good few goals this season, and uh, I feel like Burnley, like uh, Chelsea, really need a result. They got twatted the last two matches, and uh, yeah, against a Newcastle team who are playing well and will be also looking to come at them, I think that that alone will leave a bit of space, and I can see Chris Wood getting his fucking noggin on something, and uh, yeah, he's my puck fella. Uh, I've chosen Jesus, assuming now I haven't heard anything about Aguero coming back, but I've chosen Jesus against Arsenal. Arsenal pick. bad man so yeah. I think uh, Jesus one more week in there could end up with, uh, with points yeah and he got a fucking lovely uh, return against Burnley there in game week 15 so uh, yeah I think that's a it's a shrewd pick it's a bit of a cheeky one because he plays for a fucking Man City but yeah he's under 5% down he's under so 5%, meets yeah. the target exactly so that brings us to our Breen Sheets for this week Seamus and uh, you had first pick because you smashed me last week with Baldock what was your pick? Uh, the guy that I transferred in this week which is Kelly home game against Brighton and he's just a good solid pick for 
the next few weeks. So, uh, yeah. Like Keep Kelly, your face. Crystal Palace. See if they can go three in a row with clean sheets. Yeah. Or exactly. possibly four in a row. I think they've had, kept three now. Mm. Well, I'm going to take your sloppy seconds then from last week. And I'm going to hope that Baldock uh, does something similar. I think Sheffield United at home to Villa. Yeah, uh, again, a team that needs a result this weekend. Uh, yeah. I know they came back and they beat Norwich, but you know people are talking about have they have Sheffield United been figured out, and uh, they want to kind of quell those uh, queries. And I, I think feel like you're just trying to jinx my double defense. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I totally <laughs> hoping it doesn't work out. I like I'll, I'll give up the Breen sheet just if Seamus loses two clean sheets. That's exactly what it is. You're a sly man. <laughs> those are our um, balls to wall picks this week. Um, but I just want to move on briefly before we finish up and say good luck and good night. Uh, I want to just touch on the FPL Hangover Mini League um, and. We have a new number one. Boom. Well, he was tied number one last week. Last week, we had David Grant and Luke Burgess tied at the top. And now Luke Burgess, with a massive score of 84, taking a minus four hit, has gone clear at the top. He's now 30 plus points clear after uh, David Grant in second scored a 58. So, uh, yeah. And I looked at it and uh, I looked at his team earlier. He's like in the top 200. Yeah, he's having a fantastic season. 1,033. We have two players on 1,000 plus points so far. I'm not even at 900. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they should do a (laughs) fucking podcast. No, Uh, no, no, just keep listening. Well, uh, I I hope we're doing... He captain Son. Yeah. um, David Grant, Captain Vardy. And uh, yeah, so just run down to it. Luke Burgess, number one. David Grant, number two. Paul Galloway, number three. David Sex. And number four, Anthony Clark, number five, Alan Jennings, six, and uh, Charlie Bennett, eight, Eric Braspinning, nine. Charlie Bennett had a question this week. Oh, well done. Oh, yes, yeah. He Sorry, he's seven, Eric Braspinning, eight, Alan O'Son of nine, and Connor Kelly, uh, ten. I want to mention, quick shout out to Alan O'Sullivan, who got 99 points in game week. Uh, in game week uh, 15, okay. he used his bench boost to marvelous effect. I just want to mention his team because it's so, so fucking Oh, good. this is the one you were sharing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, ew, I've got that. I'm not looking at this. That's porn, James. Get that <laughs> off. Get that off straight away. Oh, yeah. So, he played his bench boost and got Rico with nine points, Kelly with six, and then Donker with, or Kelly with eight, I guess. And then Donker with 11 points off his bench boost. Uh, he also had the captaincy on Mane that week. Who scored 30 points. He got points for Firmino as an assist. He had Vardy. Um, he had Ali. Yeah, he yeah, also has yeah, yeah. He had a great there. fucking week. We did. Yeah, okay, yeah. we'll leave it there. Well done. <laughs> but no, big ch- uh, congratulations to Luke, who's uh, nails top spot in the league at the moment. Uh, thank you to everyone that sent in questions. Thank you for anyone that got this far into the show. If you want to reach us, you can email us at fblhangover at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at fblhangover. Seamus, your Twitter handle is I'm at FPL Drunk, and I would like to wish you all the best of Game Week 17s. We'll see you next week, folks. And may your hours be green. God bless. Yeah.